Hope everyone's enjoying the weather. You just never know what it's going to be like here. I mean, you know, it got up to almost 70 degrees and then it starts this rain stuff. But I guess the rain, cloudy things is better than thunder sleet. Um, you know. So it's okay. Wait a few minutes and the weather will change here in um, Oklahoma. Well, it was interesting um, a few minutes ago whenever I left my house on on the way here, my wife goes, you know what you're ministering on tonight? I'm like, well, I sure hope so because I'm fixing to head to church. So she goes, well, what? I said, I'm going to deliver a Valentine's Day, Day message. So she goes, oh, you're speaking on love. Yeah. You know, the real lover is God. Amen. You know, I know that Hallmark and everybody else has hijacked um, the word love, you know, for Valentine's Day. In fact, on Valentine's Day, it is interesting um, because for whatever reason, my wife likes assorted chocolates. I'm, I'm not really big on assorted, assorted chocolates because I don't like to play chocolate roulette or chocolate bingo or whatever. I don't know how many times, especially growing up, that, you know, I always would grab the wrong one. I mean, you know, like I'd have to pull them like, this is gross or whatever. I, so I like to know what kind of chocolates I'm eating. And I know sometimes they come with that. But it is interesting because um, I know she likes assorted chocolates. So on December the 26th, I happened to go through Walmart and guess what? The chocolate hearts were already out. So I bought her her first Valentine's thing on December the 26th because that's how it is now, you know. These holiday things, man, as soon as one holiday ends, the next holiday starts, if you call Valentine's Day a holiday or not. Now, some people say, well, Valentine's Day is only about, you know, eros, you know, the, you know, you know that kind of love. Well, really? Because ever since I was a little kid all the way through, my kids, my grandkids have got, gave Valentine's to every one of their friends. And I don't think that they like every one of their friends that way. So anyway, it's, you know. But true love comes from God. In fact, our Bible says that God is love. And so, um, you know, really, you can't talk about God without talking about love. And, um, you know, when it comes to the life of my grandfather, the most outstanding thing about his life, whenever we had his funeral, they talked about his love walk. And, of course, he has... A big book. He has a number of books on love, but he has so many books out there. Then he has a big book called Love, the Way to Victory. Some of you need to read it. Probably a lot of you need to read it. Maybe all of you need to read it. Um, you know, because it, I hear Christians all the time saying they have trouble with their love walk, which is quite interesting because, well, we'll get to it in a minute. Um, if you have your Bible, let's go to First John chapter 4. First John chapter 4. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Verse number seven says this, says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God, and anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You know, you shouldn't have trouble with your love walk if you know God. Um, now, if you don't know God, you should have trouble with your love walk because you don't understand the love of God. But, um, you know, this verse right here, John tells us, let us continue to love one another because we know God. Now, um, you know, Christians call themselves a child of God. 
all right? You know, if you're a child of somebody, then, then you know, the, a lot of things that we learn as a child are learned traits, not, we weren't born that way, we learned them, all right? And, um, you know, if, if we really are a child of God, then, then we have the same kind of traits that God kind of, that God has. Um, but if we have issues with our love walk, then I say you probably have issues with your God walk. You don't really know God. Um, that's what the word of God says. It says verse number eight here, but anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but he loved us and he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Now, God loves us. And, and I, I would say probably most everybody here believes that. Maybe a few of you don't. But, you know, God loves us. And, you know, there is nothing that you could do to make God not love you. Nothing. Nothing you can do. You know, God doesn't get offended because you're an idiot sometimes. You know, a lot of things come, you know, we, human nature, we do stupid things. But God doesn't get offended. But it is, it is interesting how many people get offended when people do stupid things. I just rack it up to there's people. Did you realize that people, including you, at some point in your life will say things, something, or do something stupid? You will. That's why I wrote a book called Don't Be Stupid. But anyway, um, you know, we'll say things that maybe aren't really lovely. We'll say things that aren't really kind. But I remember my grandfather, he um, always would tell me that hate should not be in our vocabulary. The word hate um, should not be in our vocabulary. Now, the only thing that we are allowed to hate is the devil himself. All right, anything else we can't hate. You know, you realize you can't hate somebody and love someone at the same time? Now, you can be disappointed in somebody and love them. There are some times when our kids disappoint us and it makes us angry or, you know, they don't do what we say or, um, you know, or whatever. Um, But that doesn't mean we don't love them. And, um, you know, so hate should not be in our vocabulary. In fact... um, you know, in my own life, I've always just, this is my motto. I don't have the capacity to hate anybody. It's not my DNA. It's, I don't have that capacity. Now, there are times when I have got angry at people. All right. I'm sure everybody here can say that there are times you've got angry at somebody. But when I get angry at somebody, that don't mean I hate them. You know, and maybe temporarily, maybe I say something that I probably shouldn't have said. All right, but, but I'm incapable of, of, of staying mad at anybody. 
I don't, I don't have that capability. I don't have the capability to hate anyone. Now, why do I not have that capability? Because God dwells on the inside of me. The spirit of the living God dwells on the inside of me. And, you know, just like God is incapable of hating you, I'm incapable of doing that as well. Now, um, you know, that's why it really bothers me when people get offended for anything. I, I can't really get offended. I mean, I don't, it doesn't, you really have a hard time to offend, offend me. Now, um, because in essence, I don't really care what you think. I mean, that's, that's really my, my motto. I, I don't really care what you think. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. You know, I might listen to what you think and I might think it's, it's not right. And of course, I also know that I am normally right 95% of the time. There's only that small 5% of the time where I'm, I'm not right, you know, and my wife knows that. So that's why, you know, no, no, I'm, you know, I don't know everything. That's why I have God and Google. I mean, you know, so, um, you know, I, I do know a lot. Because I'm the kind of guy who researches stuff that, that doesn't really matter. Because <laughs> I had no other thing to do. So I research something that doesn't matter. But, um, you know, we should all love one another. And, you know, if we're a Christian, I mean, you know, if, if we're living the God kind of life, then we shouldn't ever say, well, I have trouble with my love walk. I mean, that should never come out of your mouth. How can you have trouble with your love walk when we know what the word of God says? I don't know how many times that my grandfather says, what does the word of God say? Well, the word of God says, but anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. That's what, the God, that's what God's word says. All right, um, you know, for God is love. Now, um, John three sixteen and 17 says this, New Living Translation, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. So the way that God loved us is he sent his son to show forth his love to the world. Now he showed forth his, his love as we read the, the gospels. And then ultimately at the end, he showed forth his love by dying on the cross and by, raise, by uh, raising from the dead and now sitting to the right hand side of the father. I mean, you know, and I think the ultimate expression is when he's hanging on the cross and, you know, they're mocking him and making fun of him and doing all kinds of stuff. And he looked out there and he says, Father, forgive them for they don't even know what they're doing. You know, now ultimately natural human emotion would say, Father, strike him down. You know, that would be natural human emotion, but God loves us so much. It doesn't matter that sometimes we're idiots. He still loves us. He still cares about us. You know, that's the love of God. And, and that's the, the love that, that Christ showed us 
as he walked the earth. He showed love to us. But then he said um, these words in John 13, John 13, verses 34 and 35. He says, so now I'm giving you a new suggestion. No, he didn't say suggestion. He said a new commandment. There is a difference between a, a commandment and a suggestion. You know, we don't have the 10 suggestions. We have the 10 commandments. All right. A suggestion is something that you ought to do. A commandment is something that I don't want to say I'm making you do, but you know, th- th- these are like rules that, that a Christian should follow. Um, it is not you follow because, you know, because you have to. It's because you want to. Why would you not want to show forth God's love to a lost and dying and hurting world? All right. It goes on to say, so now I give you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now, notice this. He says, love each other just as I have loved you. Well, you realize that Christ loves us unconditionally. He loves unconditionally. Well, if he's commanding us to love people like he loved us, then that means that we need to love people unconditionally. Well, yeah, but people do mean things. So? I mean, they hung Jesus on a cross. They whipped him with the cat of nine tails. I mean, you know, that was kind of mean. People are mean. People say mean things. You know, that's just people being people. You know, but he says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now, he was talking to his 12 disciples. But you know what? If you are a follower after Christ then you should, you are a disciple. Whether you go to the disciples of Christ church or not. All right, you are a disciple of Christ. Not only that, Christ, the spirit of the living God dwells in you. He's on the inside of you. And so you have the capability to love one another because it's already on the inside. Now, you know, that's why you have to stir up the gift that's on the inside of you. Um, it's not in my notes, but, you know, Paul told Timothy that I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but, you know, but God has not given us a spirit of fear, but has given us power, love, and a sound mind. A lot of times people forget about the love part. You know, we're talking about, we're thinking about fear, forget about love. He's given, us, he's given us love and that we should be an example. Now, you, you realize a, a lot of times the way people get saved is they see the love of a Christian being poured out to the earth. They're like, well, I want to be like that. You know, but a lot of Christians are, seem to be full of hatred. But that's not Christ. I mean, that's not Christ-like. Christ, I mean, I never read in my Bible where Christ hated somebody. Maybe you have a weird Bible, but I have never read that. 
I never heard, you know, you know, seen where, where Jesus told his disciples, man, I have trouble loving that guy. I love everybody else, but man, that guy, he just ticks me off. Now I've heard other Christians say that, but I haven't heard Jesus say that. You know, um, and maybe the way that we can show forth more love is to hang out with Jesus more. Or let him hang out with us more. You know, because he wants us to love one another. Now, Romans chapter 8, Romans 8, verses 30, verse 37, talks about the love of God. And it says this, no, this, I'm reading from New Living, it says, no, dis, despite all these things, overwhelming, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So there is nothing that can separate us from Christ's love. Well, Christ says, the love that I had for you is the love you should have for others. Well, what does that mean? There's nothing that should separate your love. You know, you know pe- people should know that you love, you love them. I mean, you know, they should see it. Now, it's one thing to tell someone, well, I love your brother, and another thing to show forth your love toward your brother or sister. You know, a lot of times we'll, we'll use those words, but do we mean it? Do we really care? Because in, in, in Christianity, it seems that we care about us and our family and no more sometimes, all right? I'm not saying you really do, but it just seems like it. You know, it's, it's all about you living a good life and you having this and you having that, but there's a lost and dying and hurting world out there. You know, there are a lot of people that are struggling, especially right now. You know, as the economy is not what it probably should be or whatever, you know, people are struggling. People feel that they have no hope. Now, we as Christians, we, we know that we have hope. We know that, that our trust is not in the government, our trust is in God. You know, so really loving someone is, is letting someone know, hey, it's going to be okay. You're going to make it. I mean, you know, it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. You know, trust in God. Now, I don't know how people make it not knowing God. I mean, it's, you know, um, it, I mean, you know, the world is tough. But when you know God, it, it makes life so much easier. You know, but um, there's nothing, think about this, there's nothing that you could ever do to keep God from loving you. Nothing you can ever do. You know, God loves you regardless. You know, God loves you even if you don't love him. And that's what we need to realize, that 
there are people that say, well, I don't love God, but God still loves them. And Jesus is still standing at the door of their heart knocking, waiting for them to open up the door. You know, and um, it is interesting because a lot of people want to preach the gospel, but they don't preach the gospel in love. They preach the gospel in condemnation, but we should preach a loving gospel because God is love. I, I don't know how to preach the gospel without preaching love. I mean, God loves us and he continues to love us. Now, I get it. I, now, some people, what they do, they condemn themselves whenever they sometimes act unlovable or unlovely toward each other. I'm here to tell you, we're all gonna sometimes say things we shouldn't say or do things we shouldn't do. Now, I'm gonna make a suggestion, not a commandment, but a suggestion. If you wanna say things you shouldn't say, just don't do it online. All right? Because it's, I don't know how many times that I've read so-and-so in a deleted tweet said, you know, it doesn't matter if you delete it, somebody read it. Now it's all, you know, so the internet, you know, can, can, can be awesome. I mean, you know, we're able to minister people around the world. Um, you know, there's probably people right now watching tonight's, you know, um, service and it might be like three in the morning over, over in Europe or something like that. And, they're, and it's so awesome how technology, you know, helps us. But the internet also can create issues if you decide to unleash stupid stuff because you weren't thinking, because you were mad. You know, so um, maybe when you get mad, someone should take your phone away from you. That probably would have helped President Trump a lot. Um, just, just saying, you know, you know, um, you know, sometimes we, just because we think it doesn't mean we need to say it, especially to a public forum. And the bad thing about it is sometimes when you say things online, it can go viral, which can be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on what it is that you said, you know. If it's, you know, your cat video or whatever, it goes viral, okay, no big deal. But if it's some kind of rant that you shouldn't have been doing, then that might not be a good thing. But you know what? No matter what, even if you're an idiot online, God still loves you. And your brothers and sisters in Christ should still love you too. But you were an idiot, but they still love you. All right, just because we mess up doesn't mean God doesn't love us. It also shouldn't mean that we as Christians shouldn't love each other. We're all gonna make mistakes. We're all gonna do things wrong. We're all gonna, you know, maybe not be as loving as we should. Um, but you know what? We should strive to show forth God's love to a lost and dying and hurting generation. Now, Romans 5.5 5 says this. I'm reading from the New King James here. It says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit um, who was given to us. 
you know, the King James says the love of God is set abroad in our heart. Well, if the love of God's been poured out in our heart, then we have the capability to have agape love coming from us to the people around about us. And so what do we need to do? We need to stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of us. So when we get angry, instead of saying angry, start looking to the inside. You know, and quit it, instead of thinking about what that person just said. And then some, you know, here's something else too. And, you know, this has taken me a while and sometimes I'm not still good at it. But there are some times when you probably should quit talking and walk away. Do, do you realize there's times when tension or, or, or things come whenever you are, you know, maybe at a point... Of, boiling point or whatever you want to call it. And maybe someone says something rude and you have two choices. You can choose to love them and walk away or you can choose to give them a piece of your mind. That's not a piece of God's mind, a piece of your mind. And then it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for who knows how long, wasting everyone's time. At the end of the day, you probably still love each other but you just spent however long, you know, griping and complaining. Sometimes the best thing is to walk away and let it go. Don't respond. You know, but yeah, but I'm tempted. I want to say something. Well, you know what? What is the godly kind of thing to do? You know, I don't think Jesus just tried to get in arguments with people. Now, I do think there's some Christians that just like in arguments with people. I do really, you know, think that, that for whatever reason that floats their boat. But, but that's not the thing to do. The thing to do is to love each other. Now, um, you know, because the love of God's been shed abroad in our heart. And so um, I'm going to leave us off in, with 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. And my grandfather... He said this, so whenever he was, a, whenever he was pastoring, um, he, he set forth a rule that if you want to have marriage counseling, that before he would do marriage counseling, I think you know, he, he would tell you, you and your wife need to read this verse together for so many weeks or whatever. And, and he said most of the time, it solved, each, it solved everything. Because if you really being a doer, of 1 Corinthians 13, no, there's not an issue. Because if we really love somebody, we're not going to be mean and rude to them. But anyway, 1 Corinthians 13 says this, if I could speak with all languages, let's read New Living Translation, all languages of earth and of he- and angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. Um, now, a noisy gong or clanging cymbal is something that's irritating, by the way. I, I um, used to play the drums back in the day. And um, I remember at one point in time, because I got in trouble for not practicing, because um, my I was playing football or baseball or whatever. So I was playing sports afterwards. And so a lot of times, you know, it wasn't convenient. So there were, for a short time, I decided to practice at 7 a.m. You know, or when I, when I woke up. I remember one time, so I practiced and I'd make sure that I hit my cymbals extremely loud. Um, in fact, my dad even, even said, 
He goes, can't you use those brush things that, you know, that I bought for you? And we said, well, no, you got to have, you know, that doesn't have, it doesn't resonate like it's supposed to. Now, a symbol can be irritating, especially if you're in front of it. Now, in eighth grade, I used to play percussionist. And one thing that we did was we played the crash symbol. Now, most people don't realize the crash symbol is an instrument unless they listen to the national anthem. And you'll hear, dun, 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 All right. All right. And then there are songs that they would tell us. Mrs. Hutton was our, our band teacher, and she would make sure she goes, we want you sometimes to resonate on certain things. And the way you resonate is you do the crash, and then you hold them out so they resonate. Well, it happened to be the horn section was in front of us, the tubas and the French horn, whatever. So I would always resonate it over their ears because I could. <laughs> and I wanted to be a good student, you know, and, and then they would get mad because the, it was irritating. Well, the Bible says if you don't have love, no matter how good a Christian you are, how much you can prophesy, you're still irritating. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Who, nobody wants to be irritating. Well, maybe a few people in this audience might want to be irritating, but you shouldn't, all right? It goes on to say, if I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possess all knowledge, if I had such faith that I can move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. It doesn't matter how good a Christian you are. If you don't love others, you're nothing, the Bible says. Now, that's why you shouldn't have trouble with your love walk. Because if you want to be something, you should love each other. Even when people are mean or people are rude or people say things that are stupid. All right? Goes on to say, if I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, and I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And then this is what's really interesting, um, you know, because this is kind of going on to love toward each other. It says, love is patient and kind. You have to tell someone that love is kind. But you know what? I have seen relationships where people supposedly say they love each other. You know, they either are married or want to get married, and they're not kind toward each other. They're mean toward each other. I'm like, man, why, why would you want to marry someone that you can't even get along with each other? In fact, I know Pastor Bill a lot of times does premarital counseling and wondered, should these people really get married? Anyway. I know he's not going to say amen, but, but we talk about pastor's meeting sometimes. It goes on to say that love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. So love is not rude. So if you're rude, you're not showing forth God's love. You know, um, now I know some people, you know, want to blame it on their heritage. Well, it's just my Italian nature or my German nature or my whatever nature. No, it's your ungodly nature. Is coming out. I know you're blaming on your heritage, but you, you, you realize that when you become born again, your heritage changes. It doesn't matter what nationality you are. It doesn't matter whether you come from, you know, one side of the tracks or the other side of the tracks or the inner city, the outer city, the country. It doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what nationality, what race, or whatever thing you have you are a new creature. You're born again. Old things have passed away. 
So, you know, your German nature or your Italian nature or, you know, whatever nature shouldn't be there. You know, a lot of times we want to blame something because we don't want to blame ourselves. You choose to be mean and rude. And a lot of times, like I said, you chose to respond. You didn't, you chose to respond and you chose to respond that way. All right, that was your choice, but that's not the God kind of love. Now, also it says love is not jealous. So you know what, when I've seen a lot of Christians get jealous or get mad because God blesses somebody else with, with a new car or something like that, and then they get mad. And then they're like, well, you know, I've even heard people say, well, the Bible says not to be boastful or proud. Just because someone gives a testimony how God blessed them and gave them a car, you know what? It's okay to give a testimony. Now, it's not okay to be boastful and proud and rude, but it's okay to give a testimony and say, you know what? Look what God gave for me. Because see, here's the thing is that my God is the same to everybody. So if my God's going to bless you with a new car, he can bless me with a new car as well, if I believe. You know, so... I don't mind hearing someone say, I love to hear a testimony. It goes on to say, it doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable. So if you're irritating, it's not love, all right? But this is my favorite part. It keeps no record of, of being wrong. All right, because I've heard people, you know, they have the three strikes and you're out thing, you know, or every time, that something happens, they go back to where you did this in your past. Well, according to the God kind of love, we're not to keep a record of being wronged. And if you're remembering when somebody else wronged you in the past, that's not love. That's not love. Love keeps no record. Doesn't matter because love is, has a 70 times seven thing. You know, you, know, you got to forgive them 70 times seven. That's in one day. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, well, like it goes on to say, um, it does not rejoice about injustices, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstances. I mean, when you love somebody, you care about them. You're not mean to them. You're not rude to them. I mean, that, that, that's just the God kind of love. And, you know, the other side about it is when people, I've seen people, like I said, they supposedly love each other so much that they want to get married and they don't act like this toward each other. Or once we get married, we don't act like this toward each other. Now, I get, I get it. We're going to have opportunities to be rude, to be, you know, all these kind of things, but we, we just because we have opportunities doesn't mean we take them. All right? Just because someone's wronged us a lot in the past doesn't mean we got to remind them about everything they've done wrong. You know, no one wants to hear about everything they've done wrong. You probably know what you've done wrong. We've all, we all know what we've done wrong. But praise God that, you know, that God has forgiven us from those things. It goes on to say prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. Say, you know, 
you know, um, going down, let's get down to verse 13. It says, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. You know what? It's important to show forth God's love to everybody. And um, as a Christian, you know, the, the way people know that you're a Christian is, is the way you walk in love toward, toward mankind. And it's, um, it's interesting, especially in today's society, because in today's society, there's a lot of people who don't, don't walk in love toward each other. And it's real easy to, to not. But you know what? God is love. And it's up to us to show forth God's love to a lost and dying and hurting generation. Amen? Man, let's all stand up. Heavenly Father, we thank you for each and every person that's here and each and every person that's watching online. We thank you, Father, that you'll help us exhibit the God kind of love all around about us. Even when we have people that do things that are mean and rude to us, Father, we thank you. Instead of giving a piece of our mind that, that we'll show forth the mind of Christ to these people, Father. Father God, we thank you that when we have opportunities not to walk in love, we thank you that we'll remember what the Bible says. We'll remember that the love of God is set abroad in our heart and we'll walk in love. And sometimes we'll walk away instead of responding um, in these situations. But Father God, we just thank you that you'll help each and every one of us to be a doer of God's word and to walk in his pure love. Father, we just thank you for each and every person that's here and each and every person that's online. We thank you. You'll be with them. You'll touch their heart. You'll touch their mind. You'll touch their souls. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God's a good God. Amen. Amen. And, you know, it is interesting because every time now, it's whenever I see things for Valentine's, whatever, I just think about the love of God. You know, I just think about how much God loves us and you know, thank God he, he, lo- he loves us so much that he sent his only son to, to, to show forth his love toward us. And, um, you know, it's, I mean, love should be second nature to a Christian. And sometimes it's not. Um, that even extends to, to virtual things online. All right, man. Amen. Well, the way we do things on Wednesday night, if you need prayer for anything, whether it be salvation, whether it be healing, infilling the Holy Ghost, whatever it might be, we have some gentlemen over here. We have some ladies over there. If you happen to be a lady, please see the ladies. Happy to be a gentleman. Please see the gentleman. Amen. Amen. Well, enjoy the weather. Um, don't forget, you know, all the announcements. We have the Super Bowl party coming up. And like I said, whether you like football or not, you know, it might be best described as we're going to have a all church fellowship. And there's a football game going on at the same time. All right, because I know, I get it. Some of you don't like football. I happen to love football, but some of you don't because the love of football is not shed abroad in your heart. Um, um, but that's okay. You love each other and you want to hang out with your, your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So, so you should come you know, to our all church fellowship on Sunday night, of course, Sunday morning right here, 10 a.m. And then Sunday night, we won't have service here, but we'll be over at the NRC um, around 5.15 or, you know, you can get there earlier than that if you want. Like I said that I think kickoff time is like 5.18, 5.20, something like that. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Take care. Have a lovely day. Amen.